All right, all right, all right. Welcome in to On the Clock NFL Draft Show. This is part of the Toilets to Titles podcast network. And if you aren't living under a rock, you know that today is day one of the Senior Bowl down there in Mobile, Alabama. My guy Ephraim, at Mr. Irrelevant on the Twitter. This is his first time at the Senior Bowl. I mean, my first time was was last year, so I can't speak like some big shot, man. I'm I'm right there with you. So you're down there, and you're doing it solo. You know some people down there. Last time, last year I went down there with the big crew. You're going down there. Like I, I applaud you for diving in. That just shows how committed you are, man. So how has it been? Tell me, tell me, like briefly before we get into the prospects, kind of what's the process been like for you navigating to Alabama? Because you're up in in my neck of the woods. You're up in the Northeast. So what was it like going down to Alabama, and kind of settling in down there? You know, it was fun. I uh, I flew down from Boston to Atlanta. And then last night I connected from Atlanta down to Alabama and I get on that flight and it was just like every single person, you know, it was Monday or yeah, Monday, you know, 8 PM flight. Everyone on that flight was headed to the senior bowls. Like me, the guy sitting next to me was like a videographer. The guy sitting on my right, you know, it was another media. Every single person on that plane seemed to be heading down to mobile. And then I got to the hotel last night and it was just the same thing, right? People are sitting down in the lobby chatting people, you know, breakfast this morning. I got a ride with, with the guy, you know, who's driving. So, it's awesome being down here in Alabama. Just everyone is just this, you know, similar goal, similar mentality, and it's just very. It's I'll say this: the NFL draft is a very niche hobby. So when a lot of people have that niche, you know, think they're so obsessed about it, it's fun to talk about that with people all day. Man, good, good for you. I'm I'm happy for you, man. And next year, I'll make sure I'll be down there. We're heading to uh, we're heading to Killington in like two days. So my kids uh, snowboard, my wife snowboards, our whole family's going up there. So I wasn't able to make it down there this year, but I am living vicariously through you and through social media, man. So I'm sure everyone listening, Pete's in here right now. He already donated 99 cents. So I appreciate you, Pete, man. Uh, All that money we get from these shows, we're putting into a fund that's going to help us we're getting multiple houses in Canton for the Fantasy Football Expo. We're going to be putting a lot of people up. Ephraim, you're, you're invited. Uh, we're going to be driving down there. Man, you could even meet me halfway, and, and I'll drive the rest of the way. But that's that's down the road. All right, we're, we're talking NFL draft. So let's kind of dive into, you know, you said you got a ride over to the field. You got into the stadium. Like, boom, you walk in. What were some of the things besides, you know, even before the players took the field? Maybe did you see any coaches? Did anybody stand out to you? Did you see any uh, big name analysts? Like what kind of uh, stood out to you right away when you got there? I'll say um, probably the coolest thing of the day was we saw Mike Tomlin and then we saw the Steelers owner, uh, Khan, I forgot his first name, walked his car in a rush. And we see him go to his car on the phone. And then literally minutes later, we see Arthur Smith got hired to be the Steelers offensive coordinator. So we it was like live action completely. You know, we saw it go down and we saw Mike Tomlin talking to a bunch of not only prospects, but analysts and, and other coaches there. So that was cool. Um, yeah, there's a lot of big time analysts there. Ian Rappaport, Army Rob was behind me in line. So it was fun to chat it up with him. And it was basically at the end of the day, everyone gets on the field and talks. So between that, a bunch of positional coaches, I think the Bills linebacker coach was there, um, Raven special teams coach was there. So it's a lot of you know, just coaches not only giving instructions to the players, but talking to the media and kind of breaking down the drills. All right. So which team practiced first today? Um, It was, I think um, it was national team offense versus American team defense. All right. So tell me a little bit about some things that you were looking for 
when you got there, because I know you've been doing your prep work and go to toiletstotitles.com. We have almost 50 player profiles right now. We're going to have our top 50 big board go up there Friday. So we've been diving into this since like the end of the last draft cycle, right? So you came in here with an idea of what to expect and your eyes are going to be open to some things. That's what happens when you go to Mobile. So, so what did you kind of expect to see today? Um, so it's, it was a stacked receiver class in the national team. Guys, you know, first-round talent, and there's a ton of guys littered among state two. And then obviously the quarterbacks, right? Bo Nix and Michael Penix headlined. You know, people were flocking them all throughout the day, interviews, pictures, everything, right? They were the highlights of the events. And then, you know, on the other side, you got Liatu Latu and, and a couple of nice defenders, uh, Quinian Mitchell, right, from Toledo, you know, another guy, uh, uh, Marshawn Neeland from uh, – Western Michigan, I think it is. So I would say this was like the bigger practice, a lot of players. And then honestly, as as much as I was expecting big stuff from the quarterbacks, the standouts had to be the receiver group. Um, and the, the first name that comes to mind is Roman Wilson. He was probably the best player on the field today. He won every single one-on-one drill. He was stacking cornerbacks on, on seven-on-sevens, 11-on-elevens. He was winning deep, short, basically every everything he wanted, he was getting open. And, you know, for a guy who played on Michigan, that wasn't a, you know, super pass heavy team, you know, they were run first. He kind of used this opportunity to say, okay, you know, my numbers would have been better if I played for, you know, maybe Caleb Williams or Drake May, right? So I have the chance to catch from Michael Penix. That, 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 JJ McCarthy's catching strays right now. Okay, fine. Maybe less so the quarterback. I'd say more the, no, I'm more with the you. offensive scheme at whole, right? Uh, no, so I'm with you though. I'm not a big JJ McCarthy fan. <laughs> I, I can't say either. Um, right. Yeah, oh, uh, the quarterbacks. I thought Bo Nix was fine. He missed a few throws, right? Like with with Michael Penix and Bo Nix, you know, they're trying to show themselves as first round quarterbacks. And to do that, I think you really need to be perfect, just in all throws and all the field. Like you want to be a franchise quarterback, you have to hit basically all the throws in Mobile. And it was it was a little hit or miss. It wasn't awful, but I wouldn't say it was anything electric. Was it eleven on eleven situations when they were throwing, or was it mostly no pass rush seven v seven today? It was. Um, first it started off with just normal one-on-one seven-on-seven, and then it ended up being 11-on-11. Okay. So did you see any uptick in production from any of the quarterbacks or any drop in production when they went to 11-on-11? Because, I mean, it's one thing throwing 7v7 with no pass rush. It's one thing throwing 1v1. The the DBs, I I believe – they got the tough job when you're doing one-on-ones like wide receivers should win one-on-ones with no pass rush. That's just how it is. But so did anybody rise to the occasion or anybody drop off at the quarterback position? Bo Nix definitely looked better in 11 on 11. You could see him directing his receivers, right? I think there's, there's two plays in a row. And the first one is receiver. Clearly there's some missed timing. And then he came over to his receiver, motioned him, checked a different play and then actually walked over to his receiver and told him something. Then, Gave, gave his receiver a pass, right? So you see that from a quarterback who's, you know, a fifth or sixth year quarterback at the college level. It's just exactly what you want to see if you're an NFL evaluator. And then I guess on the other side, even going to the next practice, just in terms of 11 on 11s, um, Spencer Rattler looked great in, in one-on-ones and he threw just a, a not so great pick, you know, got basically baited by safety. So uh, yeah, like it's, it obviously gets much tougher once you're dealing with, you know, actual safeties in, in a more condensed field. How about Michael Pratt? There's like a sub division of Twitter, NFL Twitter, NFL draft Twitter. There, he's got some fans. Uh, how, how did he look today? Yeah, no, totally, definitely amongst the crowd. Everyone was talking about him, right? You know, the first group had Michael Penix, Bo Nix, Sam Hartman, and then you know the second group of quarterbacks was Joe Milton, Spencer Rattler, uh, the South Alabama Bradley Carter, 
Um, and then Michael Pratt. So amongst that group, Michael Pratt was the headliner name. And he looked he looked pretty good. He he was probably the most accurate quarterback on the one-on-one drills. And then in the 11-on-11, he looks fine. He didn't he didn't show anything super great. There weren't any highlight reel throws, but just in terms of how how fast he looked, his mechanics and footwork, um, he definitely seemed the best of that second group. All right. So Roman Wilson stood out. You saw some from Penix. You saw some from Rattler, some Knicks. Now let, let's go to uh, the running back position. Uh, Marshawn Lloyd, I, I saw some clips from him, man. Would you say like, so between him, Davis, uh, Ray Davis, Kentucky, what, what did the running backs look like and who stood out to you? So Ray Davis did look great. He uh, broke off a long run and just looked great in all the drills. Um, didn't lob another one. He caught a nice. Yes, I heard sure a lot was. about him today. He, he caught a nice wheel route. He looked fast, very fast. Um, so it was great to see him. But the guy who really stood out, as you said, was Marshawn Lloyd. Just fantastic player. Um, you know, complete three down back who could catch passes. You know, he caught a couple and set in 11 on 11s. And then he broke off, I think, just what would be a touchdown run in a regular game in practice there. And he was just phenomenal the whole day. Like if anyone came to separate themselves so far from the running back class, it had to be Marshawn Lloyd. Last year, the senior ball, I mean, Tajay Spears had a huge season. Tulane had a phenomenal year. And in the senior bowl was like the icing on the cake for Tajay Spears. He was one of the biggest risers, I think, in the draft. One of them. You know, so I'm interested to see if Marshall and Lloyd has a similar projection swing if he keeps it up this week. Because because Tajay just looked like he was moving. Him and Tank Dell last year were two players that seemed to be moving at a completely different speed than everybody else. Now, I'm going to move to another skill position player who's moving at a speed different than anybody else, but not in a good way. <laughs> and that's Johnny Wilson, a wide receiver for FSU, man. So what, what are your thoughts on Wilson? My, my first notes on Wilson is Johnny Wilson moves like a tight end, right? And that, that was, again, that was what people were talking about there because even in the regular season, Johnny Wilson at 6-7 looked much better as an inline, much better in the slot as he did on the outside, right? So you kind of move him into tight end and hoping to block. You know, I heard some people are throwing out, not in terms of the talent level, but in terms of kind of the comp of how to play him, like a Jimmy Graham, right? More receiving tight end, you can get in the red zone, which in terms of stylistic comps is, I don't think was that crazy. I think it's pretty good, but he didn't look great. He kind of struggled to separate. Um, you know, he caught everything that came his way, but there were a lot of body catches, a lot of uncomfortable catches, right? right. So I wonder right. if they put him out with the tight ends and in a bad tight end class, right? You got Brock Bowers, Chatavian Sanders, and then, I don't even know if there are any other top 100 tight ends. You know, you could throw some names out, but Johnny Wilson would definitely be in the mix if he switched to tight end. And I think he could probably is more enticing as a tight end than he is in the wide receiver. Yeah. Early on in the process, I heard some Devin Funches comps for Johnny Wilson, and he made a similar move from wide receiver yeah. to tight end. Now, how about my, my guy, Lad McConkey from, from Georgia? I saw a few clips, man, where he looked like he was creating separation pretty regularly. How'd he look today? He was fantastic. He may be the best. I mean, he's definitely, in my mind, he was the best skill position player here. And he may be. That's that's a yeah. statement. Like that, yeah, say yeah. it with your chest. So in your, say it again. So tell me that statement again, please, because I need to hear it. Lab McConkie is the best skill position player down in mobile. Um, he, he's, he's, I mean, I had him as like a, you know, early second grade. Right now I have him as a late first and, and he's only rising. He could become a top 20 pick and. I mean, look up any of his routes. Top Not only is he winning. Top 20 pick. I don't, I don't think it. he's going to be a top 20 pick, but I'm I'm fairly not certain because you never know with the draft. But right. it, it would like he he she, 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 he should be one of those wide receivers that goes like, you know, 
back end of the first round because you know the, the teams always look for the receivers you can you know pick 20 to pick 30 and he will fit that range perfectly and he, he wasn't only winning routes right like a lot of these receivers win on the one-on-ones it was the ways he won he was stacking he was using their leverage he was like putting up nuanced routes that you typically do not see college receivers doing and he won everything pretty much um he looked fantastic he he a lot of these receivers came in pretty slim right you know Devontae walker looked super skinny brendan rice looked pretty lanky and Lyle mcconkey was pretty filled out so <clears throat> right he was excellent he shut it down there were some guys day one last year crushed it like puka shut it down yeah so i wonder i mean you come out there you look like the best player day one his agent might get in his ear and say yeah they've seen enough you know It'll be interesting to see, but that, I'm glad I'm glad you told me that 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 is that is interesting. Now you were huge on Latou, uh, the edge defender uh-huh. from UCLA. You were one of the first people talking about him in, in my circle early in the off season. I know the measurables. I think the arm length was a little short, but what did you see from him that made you believe that that's not going to be an issue? So the arm length definitely is something, and in one on ones, it definitely does play a part. And he's an He's, he's a great athlete, but he isn't, you know, the twitchy athlete, a Chop Robinson or Dallas Tournament piece. So he doesn't explode off the screen in these one-on-ones, but his bend is ridiculous. And he was winning and he was throwing a flurry of moves, you know, spin move, cross chop, swipes, rips, right? And he could kind of putting on a show on all these one-on-ones. So he went against Talise Fuaga from Oregon State, lost, right. but then he beat Tyler Guyton. He beat a couple of other, you know, top 50 tackles. And he, I mean, he's known right now as, as the best edge rusher in at mobile. And I mean, he's pretty much cemented himself as a first round pick already, but he looked great. You know, nothing. I want to say like he dominated today, but he definitely looked the part. Now you, you mentioned Tyler Guyton. He's a player who, who's been rising. I've heard draft analysts. I respect compare him to Tyron Smith because Tyron Smith was very young when he entered the draft. He was a 20, he just turned 20 coming out of USC, a mammoth of a man. Do you think those comps after seeing him in person are fair or do you think it's a stretch? So I had the opportunity to literally stand right next to him on the field. Right. And he is massive. The only player that kind of blew up more just in terms of watching him was Houston's Patrick Paul, who just is comically large. Right. But Tyler, Tyler Graden looked great. He also looked athletic, right? He seems very filled out. It doesn't seem like any of the weight is extra. And he looked the part today in drills, right? He won most of his reps. He was play, facing against many of the top edge rushers. And from a guy who's mostly in that, wins mostly off athleticism, he was showing some more in terms of balance, in terms of hand placement and, and you know active hands and striking, right? So in the more technical aspects of pass blocking, he looked definitely much better than he did in the regular season. Now, another player I've been hearing a lot about is uh, Oregon center Jackson Powers Johnson. I heard he got reps at multiple different offensive line positions. I mean, as a center... Uh, skill-wise, talent-wise, he's a top 40 prospect. But because he's a center, you know, people have him outside of the 40, I think, just because of where people value centers. But being able to play multiple positions on the offensive line and being very sound and talented is going to raise his stock a little bit. So what did you see from Jackson Powers Johnson today? He was great. Another guy who just everyone was talking about, all the media. A few scouts I heard were, were dropping his name in there, right? He's definitely the big riser, especially with the other top center, Zach Frazier, not being able to practice this week. And he was great. He had a couple of mauling blocks. He just looks big and strong and physical, which shows up in these one-on-one scenarios. So he was great. 
Now, is there any other bigs on the offensive or defensive side of the ball that uh, stood out to you that we didn't mention? Michael Hall from Ohio State was excellent. He had one rep in particular where he threw a bunch of rip moves and won easily, and he had a spin move a few plays later, which is excellent. Um, Tavondre Sweat, just seeing him on the field, I mean, he's just this big dude who was just eating up blocks. You know, players were running it, and uh, and he was just blowing up every run play possible. So he was great. And then most of the standouts were on the <laughs> Love to see George. Got to, got to meet George for the first time. Yeah, heck yeah, George, come on in, man. It, you know, you know the Streamyard link, buddy. <laughs> but go, go, go ahead, go ahead, Evan. Wonder, I just say I had a wonderful time meeting George um, today for the first time. Uh-huh. Um, Gentle giant. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, Michael Hall, Tavondre Sweat were the key standouts, and then yeah, I'd say like the defensive line didn't show much. I also happened to be more with the receivers and corners. So tomorrow, hopefully, I'll get a little more just on offensive defensive line. Now, linebacker, the well is dry, right? That's at least what people think. And I'm a Cowboys fan, man. You're a 49ers fan. Linebackers fall off trees for you guys. For us, not so much. We are desperate in need for a linebacker. I know Cedric Gray's down there. I'm interested in him. Peyton Wilson from NC State, tons of injuries. I wrote a profile of him back up in September. Super athletic, rangy, productive. But I, I don't see any true alpha. Mike, tell me about what you saw from the linebackers today, if there were any standouts. Because last year we had Dayon Henley. Like, there were guys who rose. And uh, who's the cat who went to Minnesota? Um, who, who who got reps? Oh, like, Ivan Pace. Ivan Pace. Ivan Pace and Henley just stole the show. They It didn't matter their size. Last year they came out like a balls of fire and earned, I mean, even though Pace didn't even get drafted high, I think it was seventh round or later, and he's yeah. starting. So is there anybody you're there in person that you're seeing that you're like, you know what, this dude is legit? So you, you said it yourself, Cedric Gray, who I watched two nights ago and was super excited to see him down. And I don't think any of these linebackers are phenomenal, but if you're taking any of them in the first two rounds, I think it's Cedric Gray because he could play. He could play the run. He can come downhill as a blitzer. He's he could run side to side and he had pretty good coverage in six. So he racked up a few interceptions and he looked pretty good today. A little small, and I don't think he's the most length at the position, but in in a weak linebacker class like this, he's the guy I would take. And then an interesting name who was originally not a linebacker is James Williams from Miami, who's a former five star safety, six five two thirty, ridiculous athlete who is transitioning now to linebacker position. So it's a, it was, it's been a senior bowl story today. I got the chance to interview him a little bit, asking him about how he reads the offense. You know, he loves the game of football. It was evident from the couple sentences I got to speak to him. And, you know, if you're making that tra- transition to linebacker, you both have to be an athletic freak, which he is, and you have to be an intelligent football player, which he is. Yes. So you know, there's tough. no guarantees, but he looked great today. Excellent, excellent. Now, are there any DBs? That uh, I know Kinchins is down there. You mentioned Mitchell. Uh, uh Wade Smith is a guy I'm interested in. I saw him, him had a few reps where he struggled a little bit um, against uh, Malachi Corley, uh, who's a guy I'm interested in. I'll, I'll ask you, mm-hmm. I want you to watch him tomorrow for me because I'm I'm very interested in him. But at what which DB stood out to you? Uh, Chris Abrams Drain from Missouri looked great. He's definitely small. A lot of these cornerbacks with without pads look, you know, pretty tiny to be honest. But he was phenomenal today, super smooth feet, fluid, 
had a play where he basically smothered. He ran the receiver's route for him, which is the ideal in these one-on-ones. DJ James from from sorry from Auburn, 6'4 and I think like 180, so very light. Um, but also another great player, um, fantastic. And then you said Quinion Mitchell was a lot of people's top player on defense. You know, people say he's better than Latu in the defensive end, but I uh, sorry on the defensive side. No, it's not personally my take, but he was fantastic, broke up a lot of plays, just looked the part for a guy who won, played in we know a weaker system at Toledo, and then also basically only played off man to have him press against these top receivers was exactly what you wanted to see out of him. And the way he did it was, you know, exactly what you might be looking for. Excellent. Excellent. I know a Toledo guy who came to mobile on the other side of the ball, crushed it. Kareem hunt came into the NFL dominated. So, I mean, there's a, the pipeline from Toledo to mobile to the NFL. Yeah. All right. Ephraim tomorrow, what are you looking forward to, man? What What's on the agenda for day two? So I said, I want to get some more, yeah, some more offensive defensive line, right? He said Tyler Guyton, Patrick Paul, uh, BYU's Kingsley Suamatea, um, Jackson Power Johnson again, right? This is the time I'm going to go down tomorrow and just get to watch, you know, the big offensive defensive linemen go up against each other. Some more Tavondre Sweat. Uh, Brandon Dorless, who I got to interview today, again, came down at 270, and people don't really know if he's an edge or if he's an interior player, but phenomenal talent so there's a lot of good trench players tomorrow so i'm excited to see that and then you know hopefully it's hard for these the, the, you know you see these one-on-one drills you know it's definitely built towards the offense but it's hard for the receiver and the quarterback to build some sort of chemistry after one day yeah so hopefully you know going into day two you know like sam Hartman, bo Nix, michael Penix, can start getting more chemistry to the receivers and honestly one of the highlights was just seeing michael Penix throw to roman wilson all day and just them linking up after the championship game. So that was right. There's a lot of jokes about that. Oh so man, I get that. The chemistry yeah. Goes. yeah, that one flew yeah. over my head briefly until <laughs> now I get it. Yeah, competing against each other. Well, hey man, uh, I'm, I'm proud of you for doing this, man. Uh, you know, we've been friends for uh, I think almost like two years now. I've been watching you progress and been a part of your progression and in, in some form. And uh, proud of you and, and a young guy going down there taking the step it just shows how committed you are to this craft and how dedicated and uh tell george he's got to take care of you down there man so if you need anything reach out to me but everybody listening at home follow Ephraim. Ephraim, tell everybody where they can find you on twitter because you are posting tons of blurbs and updates throughout the day and who knows Ephraim might be going out tonight might bump into some people so you want to follow him now so you can get the juice and the inside scoop of what's going on in mobile you can catch me over at Twitter at Mr. Irrelevant, where the I is a one. And then honestly, hit me up, DM me with any players you want to see, videos, interviews, and I'll make sure to make that happen. And then everything I post goes over to Toilets Titles. So, of course, make sure to check that out as well. Man, and I know it's I know the DMs are open, man, because me and you were throughout Mobile. Last, I was there last year. You were DMing me, so now you get to return the favor to somebody else. So everybody, make sure you tune in in about five minutes because Toilets Titles is going to go going live. We're going to be talking a lot of fantasy football, recapping the 2023 NFL and fantasy football season. So, Ephraim, I'll be talking to you after this, and everybody listening at home, we appreciate you. We will catch you all later on. Take care.